On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we're going to talk about James Harden flagrant, mm. flagrant disregard for COVID protocols and how it maybe actually helps the Nets. Okay. Kyrie Irving's flagrant, flagrant mm. disregard for the NBA's media policy wow. and how it actually helps the Nets. And Mike's flagrant use of the flagrant. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And how I still can't say the word Irving. Mm. I keep saying Irvin. It's lots, you, lots to go over. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Go on iTunes right now. Five stars. We want them. We need them. We have to have them. It's the thing I read before I close my eyes at night. Yes. It's the one piece of positivity I like to take to bed with me. No. Before. I'm going to start texting you, Mike. You got to get more positivity. Oh, sure. You're yeah. going to text yeah, me, Brian. Notoriously bad texture. Um, Brian got a haircut, everyone. Hey. I did. It was getting- We don't I, do this podcast Mike, on- Mike saw it at my longest. Video. It was it was like um, Hagrid. Kind of looked like Hagrid. So I've been the, in like a- reclu- fictional <laughs> character from Harry Potter. <laughs> I've been in a reclusive uh, K-hole. So, but a back, you know, back with short hair. <laughs> um, We do have a, a jam pack- Hot Goss episode oh. of the Glue Guys. It should be called the Goss Guys. Nice. Yeah, no, but today uh, we have James Harden buzz about where he may want to go in the NBA. We have Kyrie Irving lack of buzz because he refuses to talk to the media. Mm. And we actually, Brian, you got your wish. The You have, I don't know if you actually watched them, but there are video clips of Kevin Durant in a Nets practice jersey Walking around, yeah. shooting that basketball. I saw it. Loved it. Um, can I actually start with a small basketball thing before we even get into it the It is Goss a basketball Goss? podcast, Mike, you know. Um, I don't know if you saw this quote from Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit, new net. Mm-hmm. Landry Shamnet. Um, nice. Sorry, I'll stop doing that. No, that's good. Landry had this to say. So he said that Steve Nash, he's been very impressed with Steve Nash as a coach. And he said Nash has been doing things in terms of a defensive approach, he's never seen before in his career. Mm. What could possibly, <laughs> what could Steve Nash be unveiling? Do you think it's a box and one? Do you think they ever saw the box and one? <laughs> it's been a while I since mean, we were in the box and one. I made the bad joke. It's a bad joke that it's an offside trap, which I know is a hockey term, but also maybe is it a soccer you term know what? too? I, I didn't, know. I was, I was pretending like I understood that and I didn't. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Good to know. It's a hockey thing, huh? What, what does it mean? It's a hockey thing. Yeah, I right. say it. I don't know what it means. Yeah, what could possibly... Seriously, what, I mean, at this point, in, is Steve Nash like a grand wizard of basketball that we just... I mean, of course he was on the basketball court, but is he... Are we underestimating sort of the tactician that Steve Nash will be as he gets... I mean, if he's inventing defenses that that have been unseen by one Landry Shamit, A defensive guru in his own right. <laughs> right? Isn't that the meme? I mean, yeah. I think we called it correctly last episode when we said who's going to be the X Factor, and we just kind of pulled Steve Nash's uh, coaching wizardry out of our butts. But um, it seemed, hey, you know, confirmed, meme confirmed, 
Uh, you heard it here first, right? Isn't that what we do? Yeah, this is, I mean, actually, we are the You Heard It Here First podcast for your Brooklyn Nets. We called that Kevin Durant would come back and play last season. Nailed it. That was correct. I actually, I've been thinking about trying to get on some of these uh, Nets Zoom media press calls that Kyrie Irving refuses to be on. Just because no one has asked Kevin Durant, would you have come back (laughs) last season if it was a normal season? Do you want (laughs) to? That's actually a hilarious. And if you're a new listener, you know, my entire viewpoint all of last season was that Kevin Durant was going to return. Can we just plant that seed? Hey, Christian Winfield or, you know, Matt Brooks, any of you guys, when you're when you're out in the scrum, do do us a solid fire, fire (laughs) virtual scrum. uh, Mike is off site. He's. He's summering indefinitely in Maryland. <laughs> um, so you got to do it for us. Do you want to get into all that, by the way? I mean, did that was that enough of the basketball stuff to get into the goss? Are you ready to spill the tea yet? Two more. Two, two, okay. Well, it's really one more thing. This is what Steve Nash, he said this on Sunday and it's Tuesday, so it's not like breaking news. But I, it's, it's a heartening bit of news here before we get into the sewage that is sort of the rumor mill of the NBA. Okay. Um, Kevin On Kevin Durant, how he's looking. So Steve Nash says... I feel I'm very excited and happy for Kevin, who's had the longest layoff and the biggest challenge to overcome a career-threatening injury. He has done everything that could have been asked, and he shows a hunger and desire of how much he loves the sport and wants to compete. So that's been fantastic. And he says about Kyrie Irving, his uh, ability is unbelievable. I mean, his ability is off the charts. And to see him sharp and executing mm. the way that we know he's capable of uh, of it's it is a shock to see this is what Steve Nash is saying. One of the great point guards of all time is is blown away by Kyrie's ability. Well, can I ask you percentage question? Can I ask you a quick, quick question right back first? Please. Is unimpinged a word? Would you say he's unimpinged? <laughs> <laughs> is that that a word? Let's we'll look that up. Um, shoulder impingement, one of the the more phantom injuries in the NBA. Right. True. It, it has been. He got surgery, so we hope that phantom all... surgery. That could be a phantom surgery, <laughs> yeah. a, a mental surgery, uh, maybe well, the what? No, I was gonna, I was gonna cue you up for your question, but you had more to it, so I'm glad it had miles. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. The 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 question I guess I have is, do you have any like, what's your percentage of doubt? I don't know what it would be, but oh. that the, these two guys are probably going to be healthy, right? Oh, about health. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean. I'm an optimistic guy. I, I, I go into things optimistically. So I'm 100% healthy in both. Why? And I mean, you, you thought they were going to play last year. <laughs> I did think they were going to. I thought they were going to steam <laughs> back for the playoffs. And now all of a sudden you're, you're ringing your knuckles over there. <laughs> I feel pretty confident about Kevin Durant. You know, like everything you hear from the guys who played with him in California to, I mean, he's legitimately practicing in Brooklyn. Um, it is kind of, I mean, I, I almost don't want to overrate it though because – Durant did have the Achilles injury is extremely serious. I can't believe you're mincing. You're, you're getting all me- Weasley I about just, this one. I just think people, we all should just be, you didn't want to, last week in our episode, you did not want to do low ceiling, high no. ceiling Kevin Durant season. No. And I just think to reckon with the possibility that he may not be fully healthy would be the healthiest thing for all of us to do, our collective net psyche. We just have to, it's not going to happen, but we just need to know and it, it, it's a possibility and it may exist that he may not be amazing. He's looked amazing. Everything we hear about him, it seems to be that he's incredible. I'm just saying, just 
keep it within your, I, I within mean, your I'm not doing bro. healthy psyche. Okay. I haven't done healthy psyche <laughs> since like February. All right. I go, I'm going manifest destiny. Right. That's where my head's at. Manifesto destiny yeah. to speaking of which let's go Kyrie first before James Harden. Nice. nice okay. Um, so first Brian and I think are going to come at this, uh, issue from two different places possibly the, the base i could i could waver that's like me that's a thing i would do we'll see <laughs> yeah and i'm actually wavering back yeah. with you too <laughs> well okay i kind of let's let's talk about the journey that we've gone on sure. with Kyrie irving over the past week so uh the nets in their first week of training camp like every other team in the nba had a media week as opposed to one day where all the media shows up at bar at uh hss practice facility and they interview Durant, and they interview Irving, and Ian Eagle's up there doing a sort of moderated session with Sean Marks. Each day there was some net, couple of nets, and Steve Nash that was talking. And Kyrie Irving, I think, was due to talk on Friday or something. Mm-hmm. And he uh, put out a statement instead of talking to the media. And I'll, everyone has read the statement, but the basics of it is is saying that COVID has impacted us all in many ways. And, and that he's excited for the season, that he's praying that everyone remains safe and healthy. And then he says this, instead of speaking to the media today, I'm issuing this statement to ensure that my message is conveyed properly. And then he goes on to say his message. I'm going to show up to work every day, ready to have fun, compete, perform, and win championships alongside my teammates and colleagues in the Nets organization. My goal this season is to let my work on and off the court speak for itself. Now, there was confusion when Kyrie originally put out the statement. People believed that he meant that he was never going to talk to the media all year. I was one of those people, mm. but it has been clarified that no, it was a one-time thing that Kyrie will talk to the media. But just in that moment, he went to kind of make a statement. Can I say something? Yes. Let's have the argument as though it's a indefinite, because that's <laughs> what we both believed when we disagreed. I'm prepared to well, what argue. What do you believe now? That even if it's an indefinite self-ban on media that that might not be it's conceptually a difficult thing to well, we can talk about it i mean do you want to so i'm saying like do you want to argue from that pov or should we yeah. well i think the, P, the the correct pov is that he is going to limit his media interactions no matter what yeah okay whether that means a full media blackout i think okay. what it means is that there's just going to be weeks where we don't hear from Kyrie irving except on his own instagram feed um now the place I come from, journalism, big journalism, <laughs> the school journalism journal. guy, yeah. you know, sure. Newhouse, yeah. went to Newhouse. And um, I, it, I come from a place where I don't think that is helpful for the mission that Kyrie Irving believes he should be on, meaning he believes he's Mr. Misunderstood, you know? Yeah. Mi- not Mr. Misindependent. Mr. Misunderstood. Got it. And I think by not talking to Greg Logan of Newsday or Brian Lewis of the New York Post or Alex Schiffer of The Athletic, he's only going to become more misunderstood if we, the like the media exists, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to rely on his Instagram feed for for his comments and it, uh, it 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 will not it will lead to more misunderstanding. Good. So let's go all like high school debate on this. We'll we'll lay out Please. our premises and <laughs> which is what a podcast should be. We never <laughs> yeah. disagree. This yeah. is like the first you know. True. Um. So the premise is that he's going to be um. He's 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 
in becoming in becoming isolated from the media, he will be less clear about his intentions uh, and his thoughts, and thus un- and that'll be bad for him long term. That's the premise, basic premise. My premise, yeah. your premise. That's my premise. So I'll say, and let me just begin with a, a short story here uh, for, for, for my premise. <laughs> I'm going to put my mic on <laughs> yeah. mute. I'll be back. Yeah. Um, if you have like a, a YouTube going with a U-log, feel free to turn that on. Um, so I did go back and watch the Kevin Durant Zoom conference. And uh, I want to preface this by saying, I respect you, Mike. Personally, on a personal level, I respect your craft, a journalist, a self-identified journalist. Um, I do think that there is a little bit of a gap now in new media and old media journalistic standards and behaviors and practices. A lot of these guys are used to the Joe Rogan 16 hour long podcast at this point. Um, not the lineup, not, not to say that the, you know, old form is like dated and, and, and because you know, I respect all that stuff. And those guys, you know, Greg Logan and everybody you mentioned, uh, totally respect that profession. You know, these are friends of the pod, many of them. Um, so we could never. Uh, some of them aren't. Some of them yeah. are enemies of the pod. Just kidding. Uh, no enemies. Um, but yeah, so I think that I my diet a little bit, as I always do when watching, a, not even just like a media scrum like that, but a specifically a Zoom conference media scrub uh, and having to watch Kevin Durant, just the only thing he was trying to do that entire time was just not step on a rhetorical landmine. Uh, he, he really didn't want to offer anything like more colorful and dare to step on that landmine and, and end up on Twitter. <laughs> and even in the clarification email that that Kyrie sent, which was itself hyperbolic, I noticed on Twitter a, a vein that got picked up on, which was my goal. The first thing he said is my goal is to have fun. And I followed a Twitter thread about about you know zeroing in on the it's like, what is it? Well, you're getting paid $30 million a year to have fun jerk and then like you know what if you wanted to add that that's fine put it as like the fifth thing and so it was getting like deconstructed and dissected in exactly the way that it always is with Kyrie. and like again not without some amount of blame to be shared by all parties here like this is a heightened situation i do think though that um there is a uh an impasse here with the Kyrie irving conversation latency there is something that is not getting to either side and everyone seems very dissatisfied. And now the meme of Kyrie just like saying what I'm I'm using my air quotes, embarrassing things, because, you know, I don't know that that's like embarrassing to say that you, one of your goals is to have fun, but in some Twitter verse perspective, it is. Um, Those are, uh, yeah, I don't know what I was saying, but that's damaging alternatively. And here's what I'll say. Here's where I think that I, I, I would be able to waver pretty heavily on, on this, like, taking a, a reduced role in uh, shouldering the media load is that it puts you on a rarefied sort of like separate hierarchy than the rest of the guys on the team. You're like, I'm so, uh, I'm a bit like, <laughs> just to say that, like I am, uh, the, the, the spotlight is too much on me to the point where I actually need to step back. And like, you know, for the Joe Harris's and Spencer Dinwiddie's and Karis Levert, like you guys, you guys can have that because you want it more than me right now. And I, I don't need that. Uh, there is a potential that that could sow some derision in the ranks. 
and I, and for that reason, I think that that's like a, a thing. I hope that he ran by everybody and all the channels. I you know I have, you know I have no I have no faith that no he did. faith that he did because <laughs> he yeah. one he didn't even use the team's PR staff to send yeah. out the message. Exactly. Just a little inside baseball. Sure. His own PR, his personal PR person, which is fine. When I mean, most NBA players actually have their own via their agency. Their mm-hmm. you know who their agent is, but he didn't use. I'll name names. Eli Pearlstein or Aaron Harris, who worked for the Nets, he used his own person. This was a personal thing. So I don't think I don't think Kyrie had a, a sit down with newly minted millionaire Joe Harris yeah. to talk about. No, doesn't this. seem likely, but, you know, we don't we don't know. So it's all hearsay. But again, I guess like this for me goes back to a little bit just like the um, like kind of tunnel vision I had watching the Zoom conference with Kevin Durant in which he was just kind of like peppered with. Uh, question after question about like, do do you think you're gonna ex- your legs gonna explode this season if you run on it? And he just had to be like, I really hope not. I don't, like, I don't know. Like over and over again, and I uh, I don't know how much that kind. I don't know what we can do in a macro media trend to like you know shift away from that. Which I think it works a little bit better in like a like per, like live scrum kind of energy format versus the zoom. But I, I do think we need to pivot away from that because it's not, we're not getting any useful information. It's only there to like watch Kevin Durant go, you know, dip through the lasers, like in, um, Catherine Zeta Joan in that move in that movie. Like what's that movie? The Catherine Zeta Jones movie where she's going through the lasers. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking of mission impossible. The first, yeah, one. that's another one with lasers. There, a, there's a lot of, a there's a lot of lasers movies when we were growing up, like lasers were just a big part of of everyone's lives you totally. know they were really totally. important remember totally. i remember thinking as a kid that lasers like we were all gonna have laser guns when we grew up oh, like han yeah. solo like i thought that I'm would just be ubiquitous by this point we have we, no i don't I'm know s- anyone with a laser gun do you, do you know, know a single movie? person with a laser gun um the movie with val kilmer where they're like making the laser gun do you remember that making it's like it's like a science gun. movie like he's like in science college <laughs> you know Oh, oh yeah, where he wears glasses because he's smart, right? He's Isn't like a, a, movie he's like a he... radical genius. He's like one of the like geniuses that does drugs. You're you going to have me look up Val Kilmer movies on IMDb right now, I think Brian. I think it's worth it to pause the podcast. I think it's worth it. Val Kilmer's um, just whole whole life is uh, one of my favorite type of things joy, that ever existed. joy. Yeah. Really um, um, anyway, he's done a so lot of movies, by the way. He's been in like... An insane number of films for a guy who I think yeah. most people would believe that he disappeared. The movie was Real Genius. I believe that's what it was. Real Genius. And I was even using the word genius. I, Teenage I right geniuses oh. deal with their abilities while developing a high-powered laser for a university project. Uh, when their professor intends to turn their work into a military weapon, they decide to ruin his plans. Mm-hmm. That's a dope movie. That's uh, deal with their it. abilities. That's what that's what we've all that's what we're all doing. Anyways, <laughs> that's Mike. Do bodies. you what parts of all right? <laughs> I'm what gonna, parts of what I just said strike you as total insanity? So I'm going to look. Your argument was like a deer laid out on a table, and I'm uh, the Lannister dad guy, just carving it up. I'm about to carve up your argument, Brian. Two things. Two oh things God. I want to say uh, about Kyrie Irving. One is that we have evidence that his words, his words used in non-traditional media have hurt someone. 
That someone is LeBron James. LeBron felt sad because of something Kyrie Irving said. This mm-hmm. this was recently come up on Richard Jefferson's podcast, Road Trippin', though the podcast was actually on like Time mm-hmm. Warner LA's sports channel that the Lakers are on. LeBron was on Richard Jefferson's pod. Okay. And here's what it was a great conversation. There's a lot of it online, but here's something that LeBron said. He says that he was hurt by Kyrie's comments that Kyrie said on Katie's pod about how Kyrie never played with someone who could take the last shot in a game like he could. And this is direct quote from LeBron James, the second greatest player of all time behind John and Musa. It was a little like, damn, once I got the transcript. So LeBron got a transcript of Kyrie's words. This isn't just aggregation media. This is full transcripts here. Okay. This is Nixon recordings. He had the transcripts. Yeah. LeBron back to LeBron. He was says, damn, I wasn't like, Oh, you tripping. I've hit game winning shots my whole life. That's him kind of quoting himself. I was not like that. I was like, damn, because I played with Kyrie. I only wanted to see him succeed. I only wanted him to see a be, be an MVP in our league. And it just didn't align. It didn't align. We were able to win a championship. That's the craziest thing. We were still able to win a championship and we could never align. And I only cared about his well-being on and off the floor but it kind of hurt me a little bit. Kyrie's own words on his friend's podcast Mm -hmm. hurt the second greatest player of all time's feelings. And I I think, I think that's important. Can I address these points individually? I'm allowing this to be an extended hearing where it's back and forth. Democrats, the Republicans, I'm the Democrats, you're the Republicans. I've got 10 minutes to respond here. Yes. Don't you think in just response to that, Maybe a weakness in my own. I'm just going back now and, and going to like steel man my own argument. Uh, I would say that the the I would the, the carving out the new media stuff. I wouldn't do again. I would just say like he should not trust himself in front of a microphone uh, where it ends up in public hands. Because like I think I think honestly, Kyrie Irving, I think he's a nice guy who doesn't think about the consequences. I don't think he thought about. I, I earnestly don't believe he thought about LeBron James in that moment. I think he just says things. So here's my thing. I and we so when we listen to you and I listen to the Kyrie Irving Kevin Durant podcast, and we've done this before where we've heard Kyrie talk. Like I enjoy Kyrie's like the way he talks, what he talks about, his viewpoint. I enjoy that, and so I I think it kind of all links back to like I don't know if he understands that it isn't actually helpful to not talk to Greg Logan or Alex Schiffer or Brian Lewis, right? It's actually hurtful to do so because all those respected journalists will do is because they're not, you know, I think we do know that Kyrie is going to get, give them media access. And this is, this kind of scheme is partly about in his mind, establishing a better relationship, a more honest relationship between those reporters and himself and and so as to not just offer himself up to the world, maybe he'll offer himself up to a select few. I just don't I don't it didn't make any sense to to not go to that media. Like, what were you going to say that was going to be so bad? Well, that's you it. I mean, to say I go, anything. I kind of go back it's to just like my, just my favorite example of the, the Kyrie being like stepping in at stuff is the one where he named like half the team and not the other half the team. And I imagine in his mind, he's like, I'm doing a nice thing and remembering some guys' names and like shouting them out. And <laughs> and what we as like the sort of like maybe maybe overly attuned 
or just like slightly more high EQ, who knows, like public uh, here when he says that is, oh, we only hear the names that you left off because, you know, we're pretty cynical uh, in general about this kind of stuff. I think he earnestly thought that it was a nice thing to do to name those names. And he didn't think about the names that he left off and he just was like, okay, like that point's done. I'm just going to move on before I name like, I name everybody on the team. Like, I, you know, I'm already five names deep here. So <laughs> that's honestly how I think about it. No. And, and, and we've done this before. I think there, there's so many times when Kyrie says one thing and then it gets turned around. I mean, I, the primary cause, I think the thing that probably like damaged him the most was the internal discussions going on between the NB Players Association, S Basketball Players Association, when they were deciding whether to actually come back and play basketball or not. And his thought process, his push to sort of be like, hey, we should think about social justice. Is this the right thing for the movement? Him saying that turned into Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting out Kyrie Irving, the agitator, and not Kyrie Irving, social justice thinker, right? Mm. Like as Kyrie, he's coming from a very pure place of wanting social justice change. And then you see that that must be so infuriating and I get it, but I don't think like avoiding, I'll use the name Greg Logan. I don't think avoiding Greg Logan <laughs> is going to stop the why, meme aggregators. Why is Greg out there Logan the, the name? Why is well, he he's just name? such, he seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. And he also, Greg Logan, if you follow him on Twitter, you know, massive liberal, like, like that's like actually the kind of guy Kyrie should probably uh, connect with because he probably shares a similar view, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but, and he should connect with Alex Schiffer because, you know, Alex Schiffer's one of our dogs, you know, one of oh. our, our boys. Oh. <laughs> sorry. That's sorry. A, I put you in the position dog pound. <laughs> to do that. Um, I, so it's, I'm telling you it, I understand why Kyrie took the step that he did. I would just say to him, like, the less you speak, the more people speculate. And a person who has refused to talk to the media is James Dolan. And Dolan has now become a caricature of himself. He's not as bad as I think as he's maybe portrayed in the media. He's maybe close, but not as bad. And it's because he just doesn't talk to the media. He just doesn't do it. And Kyrie, if you if you don't engage with, you know, these are respected. If you don't engage with reporters, you're just gonna, it's just gonna lead people to say like stuff, and then you're you're kind of become a caricature. Here's what I'll say: not helpful. My last <clears throat> my last other point about this, and then we can move on to yeah, because who cares? Yeah, to the hotter goss. Um, the one situation, like I'm I'm pro it. I think for the most part. Uh, I will say that it's a bit of a pressure cooker situation if we don't come out of the gate swinging, stacking dubs. If we're getting, if we're taking some L's early and they're like, who's the leader on this team? And one of the two guys is not taking questions after games. There's, and, and that becomes a situation where it becomes more pressurized. Um, that's gonna, that's gonna be bad. That's gonna be bad for people. Yeah. And, and you kind of said this point about like the other players on the Nets, how they may feel about this. Mm hmm. I would just point everyone towards the the great story by Jovan Buhav, the Athletic, about the Clippers. What happened with the Clippers last season? Paul George and Kawhi Leonard had a habit of not doing the press, the media stuff after games until like an hour after the games ended, which is a very long time. Which what ends up happening if you've never been in a locker room post game, which I imagine most people haven't. Game ends. All the reporters run with their laptops to go back to hear the coach say something. You know, it's probably usually just in a hallway where the coach is speaking. 
And then someone like Aaron Harris will let the media into the locker room as guys are changing. And the media stands in a little tight circle and waits for someone to sort of indicate to them, like, hey, I'm ready to talk after they put clothes on. And if you that that time frame is like 20 minutes. So if what would happen if Kyrie, let's say Kyrie, I mean, there's not going to be a locker room. And that's the other element of this. It's like how hard's our Zoom to talk to? Mm. Oh, yeah. But like if if Kyrie is going to dodge the media, Kevin Durant's going to have to talk more. Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie. Mostly they don't really want to talk to media after games anyways. So you're you're passing the buck Mm. and you're one of the leaders on the team and you can't you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do it. Buck pass. You shouldn't do that. Um, Let's do this. Speaking of passing bucks. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Oh. That's funny. Because you um, know what I'm about to say, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we will take a break. We'll be right back. And we will dive into the James Harden situation, which is just mm. growing day by day. Okay, Brian. Um, <laughs> passing the buck. Uh, Thanks. So we've had some developments over today dealing with James Harden. And I think the headline is that the market for Harden is wider than believed because Harden is allowing it to open up in a way. Uh, James, via Tim McMahon and Woj from ESPN, this is what they're reporting, is that Harden has told the Rockets that he would be open to a trade to the 76ers and possibly other contenders, of course the Nets. And this is the quote from a story, not from Harden, but from a source, uh, or from Woj and McMahon. After it was clear there was no traction in talks with the Nets, Harden expressed to the Rockets that he would be agreeable if a trade with the 76ers materialized. And Harden also indicated that other teams could fit his criteria for a preferred destination. Um, I do have a question for you, Brian. Mm. Are you scared? Are you like worried? (laughs) Are you worried? Yeah. I mean, you know, it seemed like the Nets were going to get James Harden. Um, Pooch reported that there was a verbal agreement in mm-hmm. place. Um, ha- that hasn't, we haven't seen that happen, though I no. think verbal agreements can be destroyed because they're verbal. Um, yeah. They can be hidden very well. Oh, yeah. But would you be crestfallen if James Harden was not a Brooklynette? Um, well, let's take a step back. Okay. As we often do. And and do the 360-degree analysis of this entire situation, Mike. Get that head on a swivel because we're going to the club. All right, we're going to the club. <laughs> put on your Sunday best. <laughs> put on what? What are your hush puppies? Get them on because yeah. we're going to the club. <laughs> and uh, did you watch? Did you see those videos of him with um, yeah. the most? I can't, this has got to be an SEO unfriendly name for a rapper, which is Lil Baby. Um, Lil Baby, yeah, big deal. Is he a big deal? Oh yeah, big deal. Actually, I, I yeah. looked at him on YouTube and I didn't find like the uh, like a, a big breakout jam. Was I? Was my SEO um, off? I think you're missing out. Was it? I saw a couple ones from like a couple of days ago that were, you know, had their millions of views. Did fine. I didn't. But okay. So he's he's the guy. He's the guy. He's okay. a guy. But yeah. Don't you think Lil Baby has some SEO problems though? It feels a little bit middle of the road as far it's as tough. the little. Because you know. you're going to end up on like BuzzFeed lists of cutest little babies. Right. And that's a good place to be. But you're not going to stand out amongst all the little babies. That breaks out of your ecosystem a bit. You know, it's good cross-pollination, as they say in the digital marketing biz. But where is he supposed to go? He, he can't go Big Baby because you have Glenn Big Baby Davis. And also pictures of Big Babies. 
very popular. Somebody, I mean, somebody out there has probably done this, but like how many like Spotify accounts start with Lil? There's got to be a nightmarishly long list of that. It's got to start at the, the is the most common word. The, you're going, oh, I see, yeah. And then yeah, Lil. Yeah. And then Lil. <laughs> I was going to say Lil. the Lil. Um, um, anyways, yeah. what's up with gifting somebody $100,000? What is that? That's the weirdest thing. That's the weird. That's the, I was on board with James Harden until I saw that. I was like, that's such an awkward thing to give someone as a gift. How do you give it to, okay. How would you give someone a hundred thousand dollars in, in that way? Quiet in the email. If I was going to do it, it'd be like, do you, you need this? Are you like <laughs> I PayPal it to them? I don't know. Not, not in the public. Not in, I'm worried for, uh, well, anyways, there's a lot to go over in that whole situation. First of all, Watch out for that bag. You know, have somebody keep an eye on that thing because there's a hundred thousand dollars in there. Secondly, um, so weird. So what's the? So you're just gifting people money? Is that what people I, do in twenty in late stage capitalism? Is that what we're reduced to? to take well, my money. I, and it's a fairly famous rapper being gifted money by an extremely famous basketball. Player. It's not yeah. like yeah. <laughs> It's not like those great stories of like some yeah. guy who, you know, some famous person who leaves a $10,000 tip to right. a waiter in these tough times. It's like, it's, we're just, it's literally the worst form of capitalism, which is like money being changed around at the top level. It's not quite lending you my pen, but it's, you know, we both have pens. We've been to this, we've been to Staples. We had, we're guys with, we're bestowed with pens, you know. It's a weird thing to give another guy a pen and be like, it's just a normal pen, but like, I've got so many of these pens, but I've got so many of these pens. But well, you and I, analogy. you know, we're kind of past the wedding circuit in our lives. We just, like, oh, yeah, you know, that, we, that's a great comparison though, because everyone's just giving each other like, you know, <laughs> that like, same size check back like, and forth. Oh, Jessica and David gave us $300. So <laughs> yeah. we, we need to give them $300. So we basically net zero. Yeah. Uh, but Tommy and... Yeah, I, I I'm now blanking on a girl's name, but Tommy and Sarah, yeah, uh, you know, only gave us a hundred bucks. So let's jip them, and give them like eighty, you know, make twenty bucks off of it. Yes, that. yeah, it just like moves around. The money moves around. The money moves around, right? So, yeah, anyways, it's not yeah, it's strange. Um, but anyways, so he's been out, and, and there's the whole COVID thing. So I was on board with the James Harden situation until I saw him gifting a hundred thousand dollars in cash. <laughs> That's too weird for me. I don't like that. That's not chill bro behavior. It's killer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not I, what I'd like. I, frankly, okay, if he goes to Philly, I will be sad because as much as I think as good of a player Ben Simmons is, if it's Ben Simmons for James Harden, James Harden Joel Embiid is a better team, particularly if you have um Seth Curry and you have, you know, the shoot, Danny Green, you have those shooters around those two. That's a really dynamic offensive team. So I would be worried about that if I'm a Nets centric person. Like I admit, if he, if he's like, if it's, I don't know, I don't, it doesn't matter what any other team. I would almost feel like the Nets dodged a bullet. Uh, my you response know? to this is a only, little bullet. It only really bothers me if he goes to an Easter Conference team that's immediately like better than us now because of it. Like that's the only. I mean, and that's that's definitely plausible or whatever. Um, and I'll and I'll be slightly butthurt. I was always like sort of non plus. I love the idea of the James Harden thing because it's like I have a podcast and it's. How fun is that to have like a yeah, crazy amazing. super team that's like has inherent conflict, you know, in its DNA with a bunch of surly weird players. Great. Uh, as like a person who wants to stack chips and dubs outside of having a podcast, I was a little bit, you know, I could go either way on this thing. Um, the thing that Harden presents is that he could create an explosion in a bad way internally in the Nets locker room before we even really get like 
the KD Kyrie Nets. It is, like, it is if it became the high ceiling Kyrie Harden Nets, it would be like, uh, yeah. you know, maybe it all just Harden and Kyrie feud because they both want the ball and that it has that potential. Yeah. So as much as I think it's a no brainer if you can get James Harden, I think it's obvious at this point that the Rockets want it to be known that the package that the Nets have currently is not enough. Mm. And we've heard from other media sources that what the Rockets desire is a all NBA young star mm-hmm. or a NBA all-star who is young, uh, plus a boatload of picks. And, you know, if you kind of do the whole look at the contenders for the possible James Harden trade, Ben Simmons for Harden's at the top. I don't think that's any question. It's just, does Philly want to do that? This Michael Porter Jr. hype has gone way too far. It's really, it, it's really hype. That's really, a, that's too much. Can we just hearken back for a second? The comments that Michael Porter Jr. had in the bubble while the Nuggets, he was demanding the ball in the media. He was talking about how he needed more shots. Mm-hmm. When he has Jokic and Murray, Murray, who's on like this iconic playoff run, that Jamal Murray was on and Michael Porter Jr. is talking about he needs more shots. And I think he had like some weird comments about like political stuff too. Um, I don't know if he's like a fully, uh, he's the guy you want to be leading your franchise. I just think it's a little crazy to put him as like this golden asset. And even though the Nuggets maybe believe he is a, a nugget of gold, um, he isn't worth like, it's too much. And can I say another thing, Brian? Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero, please. Wow. Please. Wow. Can we stop? I mean, the things I'm hearing from Miami is like they would never give a bam out of bio mm-hmm. for Harden. Okay. I, you know, I, I think that's actually not correct thinking. I think you should oh, give wow. a bam out of bio for Harden, particularly if it's just one for one. But it's a matter of preference. Yeah, I get it. Bam out of bio is really young. He's culture. He play. He's really versatile. I get it. Okay. But to this tight I've heard Heat fans be like, can they do this trade without giving up Tyler Hero? I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Tyler Hero? We're really wondering if you could hold on to the precious asset that is Tyler Hero for James Harden. James Harden is a top five offensive player in the history of the NBA. Tyler Hero had 15 nice games. Yeah. Let's stop it with the Tyler Hero talk. I've noticed, and this is like a have you been monitoring the sports card market at all? No. So like the sports card world and Pokemon and, and Yu-Gi-Oh cards have, are yeah. like having this crazy economic bubble and be, like it's a big crack packing on, on Twitch and YouTube is like a big thing. Um, and it's really interesting to see just like how uh, like the Twitter like sphere of hype and the crack packing hype and like which players it like coalesces around. And I've never seen quite so much crossover as the Tyler hero story. Bull bull was maybe <laughs> the the biggest version of it, but like you can just see the soaring prices of all those things. But yeah, I, I, um, I think people are going to be a little forlorn when Tyler hero comes back to um, reality invariably, or maybe not. Maybe we have him all wrong and he's just, uh, he's the goat, you know, we never know. But before we wrap up today, cause we're going to wrap up in a sec. Okay. Do, I mean, I think we both agree that the nets aren't going to get hardened now. Like, if it happens, it'll be late. Oh, yeah. So for strategically, like in terms of getting the best deal, this is all great for us. Like we're in, you know, a position where he's truly driving the point home that he's going to force this trade. 
uh, and things are getting sour quickly, which as a buyer in the, in the, uh, trade package here, great. You know, that's, that's what you want because, um, that leverage is, is, uh, is going to get real pretty soon once games are getting played. And, uh, maybe those L's start saying, Hey, by the way, how about that John Wall trade? We haven't, we haven't, uh, talked uh-huh. about that. Did you like that? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. as a, a born bred wizards fan, I think it's great. I don't know why people are so like, like even a little bit down on it for the wizards. John Wall was one of the more untradeable players in the NBA, and they ended up getting Russell Westbrook, who has flaws, but was an all NBA performer this very past season. Mm-hmm. So like John Wall, I'm sure he looks good in practice. I understand that he's lost some weight. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. People typically lose weight after surgeries, you know, that yeah, happens. I think, they, yeah. well, I think it's part of rehab to like not be as chubby. Oh, wow. I'm excited you know? for my PT. Then. <laughs> wow. But. Uh, love John Wall. John Wall was amazing as a wizard. Great in the community. Westbrook's just like way better. You know, it's funny is that like kind of like the right trade that the Rockets want would be if the Wizards traded Bradley Beal for James Harden. Mm. Isn't that like what who they want is Bradley Beal? So then you bring back Westbrook and Harden and they're just in D.C. There together. It is. There it is. Um, Just one more thing. Please. Um, Who would be the team you'd least like to see James Harden arrive on in within reason, right? Like he's not going to be a Milwaukee buck. Yeah. I don't think, I think it's the Sixers cause it actually makes them better than us. Like I do think the Embiid James Harden combo is, um, well, maybe not, maybe not a hundred percent, obviously better, but it's like it, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with the 76ers and like putting them, like penciling them in between five and seven at this point, not a real true threat. Um, but adding Harden would, would, change that and that's not what i want yeah and i and i think the thing that it would do is it's not like a negative because i don't think simmons and Embiid are like super close Mm. so it wouldn't create this like fracture within the locker room that oh my god ben simmons has been traded uh where if james harden goes to certain places and certain guys get taken out of the team it would create a fracture yes uh one last thing like do you think at james harden's birthday when little baby shows up and he has this whole long story with this like super thoughtful gift. Maybe it's like a leather bound notebook or something because they'd had this moment on a beach where James Harden was like, oh man, I really wish I could like start rapping and stuff like you do. Like, like how do you start? You just got to write it down, man. And then like they have this like beautiful exchange. And so he gets this like world-class amazing notebook and James Harden's like, this is awesome. Thank you. What's where's the hundred thousand dollars though? Because I because remember when I when I gave you a gift, it had it was a hundred thousand dollars. What did you is that in is that in the box somewhere? Did I forget that? I I think it, I would be uh, I'd be worried if I was a little baby because it puts him <laughs> into an unwinnable situation. There's, there's either like, he's giving James Harden five hundred thousand dollars or he's letting down a guy who just gave him $300,000. You know how like Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. sort of does this with like that sort of tier of rich people, like that yeah. next tier of rich people. This is, there should, there needs to be a Curb Your Enthusiasm for the people who are that rich. Well, I only like, so to relate it back to me, middle-class Mike here, um, I would only give like my siblings gifts, not on their birthdays, but on like Hanukkah time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I do remember having like, given my brother would give me like an amazing gift and I gave him something that was just like not inspirational, not emotional, just like a pair of socks. Mm. 
the next year he came back and met me at my level, right? Like he didn't he didn't continue to elevate himself. He he was he, like, oh, he, okay, I I know what relationship I'm having with my brother, <laughs> right. and it's a cheap one, and that's what I'm on. Um, okay. Thank you. Oh, by the way, Hanukkah's this week. Isn't so it? Yeah, I was gonna say. light those candles, spin those dreidels. Let's do it. Um, um, eat those latkes. Shout outs to uh, uh, the email sphere. We didn't get to you this week. We'll get to you next oh, week, though. I know. I'm sorry. I know. We keep doing that. Next week. I see you guys, though. See you guys. Big love. Um, thank you all for listening. We will be back in your ears as soon as possible. iTunes, five stars. We need them. We want to have them. Brian, thank you. Michael, thank you as always.